Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do terrific work. And you can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guest William Yateman. He's a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. We're talking about what's happening in Washington, D.C. Art DiLorenzo is the CEO of uh, Maximize Your Talent. Uh, very interesting concepts on emotional intelligence. We'll visit with Ryan Young. He's a senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture, and author of many books, his latest, Architectures Without Boundaries, Beyond Boundaries, Boxes and Boundaries, I should say, uh, My Life by Design, a terrific read. It is June the 9th, and on this day in 1954, in a dramatic confrontation, Joseph Welsh, special counsel for the U.S. Army, lashed out at Senator Joseph McCarthy during hearings on whether communism had infiltrated the U.S. armed forces. Welsh's verbal assault marked the end of McCarthy's power during his anti-communist hysteria of the Red Scare in America. McCarthy was a Republican from uh, Wisconsin, experienced a meteoric rise to fame and power in the U.S. Senate when he charged in February 1950 that hundreds of known communists were in the Department of State. In the years that followed, McCarthy became the acknowledged leader of the so-called Red Scare, a time when millions of Americans became convinced that communists had infiltrated every aspect of American life. Behind closed-door hearings, McCarthy bullied, lied, and smeared his way to power, destroying many careers and lives in the process. Prior to 1953, the Republican Party tolerated his annex because his attacks <clears throat> were directed against the Democratic administration of Harry S. Truman. When Republican uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower entered the White House in 1953, however, McCarthy's recklessness and increasingly erratic behavior became unacceptable, and the senator saw his clout slowly ebbing away. In a last-ditch effort to revitalize his anti-communist crusade, McCarthy made a crucial mistake. He charged in early 1954 that the U.S. Army was soft on communism. As chairman of the Senate Government Operations Committee, McCarthy opened hearings in, into the Army. Joseph N. Welsh, a soft-spoken lawyer with an incisive wit and intelligence, represented the U.S. Army. During the course of the weeks of hearings, Welsh blunted every one of McCarthy's charges. The senator, in turn, became increasingly enraged, bellowing, point of order, point of order, screaming at witnesses and declaring that one highly decorated general was a disgrace to his uniform. On June the 9th, 1954, McCarthy again became agitated at Welsh's steady destruction of each of his arguments and witnesses. In response, McCarthy charged that Frederick G. Fisher, a young associate in Welsh's law firm, had been a longtime member of the organization that was a legal arm of the Communist Party. Welsh was stunned. As he struggled to maintain his composure, he looked at McCarthy and declared, Until this moment, Senator, I think I never really gauged your cruelty or your recklessness. It was then that McCarthy turned to, in, to be in stunned silence as Welsh asked, Have you no sense of decency, sir, at long last? Boy, those words, those words were so, so, uh, so strong. The audience of citizens and newspaper and television reporters burst into wild applause. Just a week later, the hearings in the armed army came to a close. McCarthy, exposed as a reckless bully, was officially condemned by the U.S. Senate for contempt against his colleagues in December of 1954. During the next two and a half years, McCarthy spiraled into alcoholism. Still in office, he died in 1957. I understand he had a brain tumor as well. But one of the darkest periods of our history, how ironic it is, though, that all of these accusations that he made then, while, uh, while certainly uh, without proper proof, uh, it's turned out today that uh, he's actually predicted what's happening today. It's just so unfortunate. Former President Donald Trump on Thursday announced that the Department of Justice indicted him and that he must appear at a Miami courthouse on Tuesday. <laughs> 
Trump faces seven counts, including obstruction of justice, conspiracy, and illegal retention of classified documents. The DOJ has not made any official announcement on this as of last night. Trump has further attempted to highlight the perceived desperate treatment between his case and that of President Joe Biden, who also faced scrutiny for his alleged mishandling of classified materials after reports emerged that a lawyer clearing out his former office in Penn Biden Center in Washington had discovered classified material in November. The corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys that I have been indicted seemingly over the boxes hoax, even though Joe Biden had 1,850 boxes at the University of Delaware, additional boxes in Chinatown, even with even more boxes at the University of Pennsylvania, and documents strewn all over his garage where he parked his Corvette, and which is secured only by a garage door that is paper thin and open much of the time, Trump said on Truth Social. Absolutely true. I tell you, if they continue with this, I think Trump is not only going to end up being president, he's going to end up having, uh, being, a, uh, being a saint. He's going to achieve sainthood. They just continue to push this nonsense, and it has no impact on the polling. Everybody realizes that this is <clears throat> uh, lawfare, and it's an attack on Trump trying to diminish uh, his opportunities to become president. Well, China and Cuba have reached a secret agreement for China to establish an electronic eavesdropping facility on the island in a brash new geopolitical challenge by Beijing to the U.S., according to U.S. officials familiar with this highly classified intelligence. Uh, Just a pause here. Do you think this would ever happen if Trump were president? Do you think the Chinese Communist Chinese People Party would ever, for example, attempt something like this while he was president? Or, for example, uh, not agree to see one of his representatives if he wanted to come over and see him? I don't think so. Just, I think, demonstrates how little uh, Biden, uh, how much, how little uh, uh, respect he he, uh, gets on the international stage. An eavesdropping facility in Cuba, roughly 100 miles from Florida, would allow Chinese intelligence services to scoop up electronic communications throughout the southeastern U.S., where many military bases are located, and monitor U.S. ship traffic. Officials uh, with them, uh, familiar with the matter say that China's agreed to pay cash-strapped Cuba several billion dollars <clears throat> to allow it to build the eavesdropping station, and that the two countries have reached an agreement in principle. The revelation about the planned site has sparked alarm with the Biden administration because of Cuba's proximity to the United States mainland. Washington regards Beijing as its most significant economic and military rival. China, based with advanced military and intelligence capabilities in the U.S.'s background, backyard, could be an unprecedented new threat. I think the equal threat is the fact that Biden has been compromised by taking billions in bribes, but we'll talk about that later. Well, Quebec police are investigating the possibility that smoke created poor quality uh, in the southern Ontario and making downtown skylines appear like they've been in the result of arson, they're suggesting. Schools, theaters, baseball, and work canceled due to smoke uh, smoke from Canadian wildfires. Gould said it would uh, temporarily close its New York campus uh, as Canada wildfire smokes fill the air. In Canada, which is on track to experience its worst ever wildfire season, Google notified employees in the Ontario cities of Toronto and Waterloo. There's investigation because the cause is suspect that from the uh, uh, media officer in Quebec. This narrative has not been made as many headlines and is polar opposite to what the likes of U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer and Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said. The cause, they say, is climate change, pure and simple. So climate change made the arsonists do it? Is that what they're suggesting? Unbelievable. Uh, They say it, and I think just by virtue of saying it, they think people will believe it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Well, despite a cease and desist letter from Fox News, Tucker Carlson is plowing forward with his new Tucker on Twitter commentaries. His first episode uh, garnered more than 100 million views. Last night, we got notification that he dropped his latest episode, just a little over 12 minutes, dealing with the normalization of pedophilia. It's really outstanding. And uh, again, had millions of uh, p- people responding to it, listening to it within a couple hours 
of the podcast. I encourage you to, it's now being distributed on a lot of news outlets, and encourage you to listen to it. Tucker is, I'm so glad to hear him uh, back, uh, even though, and I don't think, quite frankly, uh, if uh, Fox News is trying to uh, dissuade him from doing this, he's not going to be able to do it. And, of course, if the court looks at this, they're going to say, he can have a Twitter account. He can do anything he wants. That's not in competition with cable news. That's what I think. Well, first-time jobless claims rose sharply last week in a potential sign that the labor market is softening up more than a year after interest rate hikes. Uh, Initial filings for unemployment benefit totaled a seasonally adjusted 261,000 for the week ending June 3rd, an increase of 28,000 from the upwardly revised level of the previous period, the Labor Department reported on Thursday. So uh, perhaps we're coming to the end of this, and maybe we'll see what kind of impact this has on uh, the uh, Fed board. And we're going to also talk to, of course, our Ryan Young today, the senior economist uh, from the Competitive Enterprise Institute, to get his thoughts on this. Well, Representative Matt Gates suggested Speaker Kevin McCarthy needs to demonstrate his loyalty to House conservatives on Wednesday after he and a group of House Freedom Caucus members derailed a procedural vote on a GOP-backed bill on gas stove access. Kevin can't choose House conservatives at his, as his coalition partner, partner on things that are, are messaging bills and facial in nature and then choose to keep House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries as his coalition partner on consequential $4 trillion decisions, he told Fox News. He's got to be uh, forced into monogamy uh, with us as his coalition partner or Hakeem, and if Hakeem is his coalition partner, then we're not going to play out the failure theater on stuff like we saw uh, put on the floor this week. He's a very smart guy. Mark, Matt Gates has great instincts and, quite frankly, great leadership skills as well. Question should be, uh, maybe he should become Speaker of the House. See if this Speaker happens to hang on. I'm not sure his instincts are uh, are sharp. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe he could use a little emotional intelligence. We'll talk about that in a little while. Well, despite the efforts of uh, media and the White House to promote a liberal agenda on issues from abortion to gender change, America has turned back to being more conservative. That's right, turned more conservative. Gallup's last values and beliefs survey say that conservatives top liberals on social policies and on the economy, the two biggest topics America is grappling with. When asked if to describe their political views overall without reference to social or economic issues, 40% say they have conservative views, 31% have moderate views, and 26% liberal, said the pollster. That's great news. Maybe people are beginning to see the effects of so-called progressivism and not liking what they see. And finally, on this segment, uh, Pat Robertson, longtime TV host, religious broadcaster, educator, humanitarian, and one-time presidential candidate, died peacefully at his home on Thursday morning. He was 93, best known for offering prayer and political commentary at the helm of the 700 Club, the flagship program of his media ministry. Robinson's rise to prominence is rooted in what he called a vision from, from God to create the Christian Broadcasting Network. And mind you, he started this organization in 1960, uh, with $3, an initial deposit of $3, and $70 to his name. What a great accomplishment for Pat Robertson, and what contributions he made to American society. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine, Be in the Know, And stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with Pacific Legal Foundation. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden <coughs> Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner. Good morning, good morning great to you. How service, you doing? Fabulous food and a rockin' good time. 
Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabees Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabees Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Just to remind me that hearing that commercial of Lulabees, they serve great breakfast and lunch, but now Wednesday through Saturday, <clears throat> 4 to 8 p.m., they're serving great dinner menu as well. It's casual, it's inexpensive, it's fun, great food. I hope you'll consider it Lulabees Diner in the Green Tree, Green Tree uh, Shopping Center. We have with us William Yateman. He is a senior legal fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. William, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Always a pleasure, William. Tell us about the Pacific Legal Foundation. You bet. We're a nonprofit law firm, and we defend Americans for free from government overreach and abuse. Unbelievable organization doing terrific work. It had some major wins in the Supreme Court recently. The uh, website is pacificlegal.org, pacificlegal.org. William, bombshell last night. Uh, Trump's been indicted. This is certainly the big news. Um, Trump himself. Uh, broke, I guess, broke the news on True Social. Um, the grand jury has returned uh, an indictment on seven criminal charges. And uh, but Trump will be arraigned next Tuesday in Miami. Um, the charges haven't been released yet. They haven't been unsealed. However, uh, there, there are widespread reports about what they contain. Um, in addition to the document retention charge, it looks as though special counsel uh, Jack Smith threw the book at him. So we've got false statement charges, conspiracy charges, obstruction charges. Um, so, again, that's a, a, a no small matter. Um, my knee-jerk impression, and this is echoes something that I've said on multiple Fridays, um, you know, ultimately this investigation did start in the Biden administration before it went to the special counsel. Yeah. Um, before the special counsel proceeded with these uh, with the charges, um, the attorney general had veto power. So the upshot is, it's a bit disconcerting to me the nexus between the Biden administration, this investigation, this prosecution, um, and the fact that Trump is, you know, as as of now, uh, Biden's likely opponent in 2024. Um, so that's not to say I'm, I'm not going to I'm not commenting upon the propriety of what Trump did with the documents. Um, what I am saying is it does make me constitutionally uncomfortable yeah. um, that, you know, again, the one president running against an ex-president, um, while that one president, ultimately the investigation that they launched has led to the prosecution um, of his opponent. So it's just it's unprecedented. And um, I, I will say this from a cosmic level. 
how on earth did a document's kerfuffle rise to this? Um, but, you know, it is what yeah. it is, I guess. And uh, banana republic stuff, quite frankly, in my opinion. But And it, it, it seems uh, more than a coincidence that this is occurring <clears throat> when uh, Biden, the information about Biden and the uh, Biden crime, crime family, the $5 billion bribe, that's all coming out at the same time. Well, shoot. I mean, the... Uh, I don't, these special counsels, they are pretty independent. I mean, ultimately, the attorney general, who is subject to at-will termination, I mean, who is subject to the uh, direct subordinate of the president, the attorney general did have veto over Jack Smith ultimately pursuing um, these charges. But uh, regarding the course of the investigation, um, it, it, at least pursuant to the letter of the regulation, it's supposed to be independent. Yeah. Well, moving on, we'll we'll see how this all turns out. Good news is it's going to be a, apparently the judges from Miami is going to be overseeing this uh, this uh, issue, and uh, he, he apparently is a Trump appointee. So we'll see how this works out. So um, <clears throat> the debt ceiling uh, right now, many people are disappointed. Far right's not pleased with uh, how uh, Kevin McCarthy handled this situation. What are your thoughts? Well, indeed. So in the wake of the uh, president signing the Fiscal Responsibility Act, that's the, the debt ceiling deal that we spoke about on many Fridays, um, 11 members of the Freedom Caucus, um, they're upset. And they have evidently, they haven't articulated necessarily why they're upset. Like presumably the debt ceiling bill didn't go far enough. And they haven't articulated what they want. But they have erected a blockade on any legislation reaching the House floor. And so thus, the four messaging bills um, went the way of the dodo bird this week. And it's unclear uh, uh, when they will uh, lower their blockade. Uh-huh. Um, so at this point, it's gummed up the works in the House. I'll say this. There is a, a bill next week on an alcohol, tobacco, and firearms regulation of, of a handgun brace or something of that sort. I'm not precisely clear on what the, the measure entails. I do know, however, it is very important to several members of this 11-person um, blockade. So I would be surprised if by next week um, the blockade isn't lifted. Yeah. And it uh, looks like uh, uh, Ray caved. He came up with the evidence for the members to look at. They didn't. Com- he didn't completely comply with the request or deliver the information, uh, the documents. But uh, you know, nevertheless, now the entire committee had a chance to see the documents. Indeed, so you, summar- you summarized it perfectly. I'll just note that these sorts of access or informational access disputes are not uncommon historically between Congress and executive branch agencies. And this is really ultimately how they play out, you know, a sort of negotiation, brinksmanship, um, and then some sort of middle ground resolution. It, it kind of reminds me of the debt ceiling yeah. <laughs> process. Yeah. Well, it just, it's, it's not a good look, quite frankly, for the FBI. And the, pop, the uh, prestige of the FBI is shrinking uh, by, by the day. So uh, and I don't think this situation with Trump is going to help it at all either. So uh, don't disagree. So hey, you had a comment in your uh, that uh, your something interesting is happening at the SEC. Oh yes, very briefly, and I thought this is worthy of note. So the Securities and Exchange Commission it operates its own in-house courts, um, where both the prosecutor and the judge is employed under the same roof. Uh, long story short, um, there was in 2022 uh, the SEC announced that there had been a breach. Evidently, the prosecutors had been accessing information from the judges' team. This is a blatant violation of due process. Um, well, this past week, sort of uh, uh, chickens came home to roost. The SEC dropped virtually its entire docket of cases, about 40 cases that it had been prosecuting, uh, not just uh, broker dealers of securities, but also any American who violated a securities law in its own in-house courts. Um, uh, it, it dropped them, but every single case that had been implicated by this um, this breach of internal separation, wow. uh, they dropped. So it's major egg on their uh, major egg on their face, and a big win for due process. So interesting, William Yeatman again, a senior legal fellow with the uh, Pacific Legal Foundation. PacificLegal.org is the website. William, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Art DiLorenzo. He is a CEO of the Maximize Your Talent organization. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Ryan Young, a senior economist at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Right now we have with us Art DiLorenzo. He's the CEO of Maximize Your Talent. Art, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Bob. My pleasure. Well, Art, uh, just full disclosure, Art, I met Art in 1973, I believe it was, and uh, we worked as colleagues for many, many years uh, in the financial services business, and now he started his own company. Tell us about uh, Maximize Your Talent. Sure. Um, we, what we do is we, we build emotional intelligence into leadership development skills. It's a unique combination that has proven itself to be absolutely uh, accurate we did eight years of research at our former company and um uh, and the research proved over and over and over again that when people have uh, more uh, adeptness at uh, emotional intelligence interpersonal as well as intrapersonal how we speak to ourselves uh, it uh, it makes a significant difference in productivity so uh, and these are uh, skills that can be learned they are. Uh, we all get a, a, a little bit of uh, a dose of emotional intelligence when we're born. We're just, it's like, you know, what, how tall people become. It's what uh, what color their skin is, their eye, what color their eyes are. We all, we all get something. And we also get uh, some emotional intelligence. Um, when someone doesn't have a lot of natural empathy, some, some magic about emotional intelligence they can take whatever they have and expand it to any length that they need to improve the quality of life for themselves and the people they live with and work with. And their impact on, on those folks as well. So uh, can you, can you uh, uh, give us a high-level idea about what emotional intelligence involves? Sure. Um, there are a number of models out there. We use um, Ruven Barans from the University of Texas. Um, it has five domains, and uh, their self-perception and stress management is a key element. Decision-making is another key element. But there are five of these domains, and they each have subsets underneath them. 
what I wanted to, to mention to you today, and what prompted this, me to reach out to you, is that uh, uh, Microsoft just did a, a, a huge survey over 31,000 people. And what they found is that uh, there are three things that are really challenging to uh, all of us today. Um, number one is analytical reasoning. Uh, I've seen surveys where critical thinking skills have just nosedived. Mm -hmm. And what used to be something that was uh, uh, the 20th thing on, an artic on a list of, of uh, learnings that are needed it's now number two. And so critical thinking is uh, is evaporating. Uh, less, less dramatic, but it's it's declining. Um, and so a little. It's uh, kind of being replaced by ad ad hominem attacks in politics, isn't it? <laughs> I, I I think in life too. Life is more challenging today. Yeah. Um, just just look at the air quality that is in, uh, that we've just experiencing in the northeast. <clears throat> So we, we have to deal with that, and, um, and we have, uh, you know, challenges with our children uh, going to school thinking they might get shot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, try to reason that with a, uh, an 8- or 10-year-old. It's a, it's a challenge. And uh, so anyway, analytical reasoning, flexibility, and emotional intelligence. And the BBC reports that, well, emotional, uh, sorry, artificial intelligence will impact millions of jobs in the future. There are still two key skill sets unlikely to, to overtake, and that's number one is innovation, and the second one is emotional intelligence. Yeah, that makes it's sense. It's going to be more and more needed. Yeah. Well, uh, just to, well, how do you rate or how do you assess the quality of emotional intelligence in our political leaders? Well, I, I certainly I, I, I can't comment on that. I, I have no I have no data. If anything I would say in that vein would be something I would make up out of my head. Gotcha. Um, and and we don't we don't we operate on the data uh, level on a evidence mm -hmm. level. And um, for example, when people take our training, we do a post test and we we use these you know, testing instruments to. Um, assess where are they in this five-domain world. And then when we are finished working with them four and a half months later, that's how long our mastery program takes, um, we retest them. And what we, we have over and over and over again, you can find it on our website, uh, MaximizeYourTalent.com. Um, and what we find is that stress levels go down, anger stories go down, all of the, the, the positive quality scores go up, mm -hmm. and we give we give these executives, we give these people back to their companies with a with a polish that they didn't have before. And so, obviously, if you are if you manage your stress better and you manage your anger better, life is better. And so, no matter what your job is, whether you're a politician or a police officer or a teacher. Um, or an executive, if you have a, a better capacity to navigate that, the people that you interact with all feel it. Yeah. Look, we, 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 we like it when people practice emotional intelligence to us. Yes. So if we're distraught over something and somebody calmly walks us through you know, some thinking that would help us rearrange our emotions, when we're done, we, we like it. We just don't always find the talent in ourselves to do it for others. What an interesting point, Art. And, you know, also, when you're around people that have emotional intelligence, they make you feel important. They make you feel like your point of view really matters to them. They make you feel, uh, you know, like uh, they have greater influence in your life as a consequence. So, and when emotional intelligence is lacking, you know, it uh, can lead to, uh, it can lead to issues that should never even arise uh, in the business that you're in. In other words, it leads to, uh, f you know, to uh, blind alleys <laughs> that we shouldn't be going down. 
Exactly. Now you're spot on. You, you nailed it. And, you know, when when we were working together, I, I, I don't want to blow smoke at you, but you were one of the most revered people I knew um, when, you know, I started in the, in the financial services industry. And I always felt that you had that. That's that's what always drew me uh, to you and, and how you conducted yourself. And, um, and so, you know, kudos to you, too, because... You know, you were one of my early heroes. Wow, Art, I, yeah, it's, I'm touched because I, I, I felt the same way about you. You were one of my, you were one of the big people in the business. And when I came in, I certainly looked up to you. You had been in the business a couple of years before uh, when I came in, and uh, I always admired the work that you accomplished and what you did. So, so tell us, uh, tell us who, uh, who, who, who should be looking into you? Who should? Uh, who should be in contact with you and trying to and, and able to find out more and participate? Well, that's a great question. It just came up yesterday on a, on a different uh, uh, format. Uh, but uh, I was talking to uh, a, a national association, all of the top people at the national association, and they were asking me exactly the same question. So uh, what, what's the if, answer? If, if you... <laughs> send us to help your underlings, you will fail. But if you as the leaders of this association, if you will embrace all of these skills that we talked about before, um, and if you model those behaviors to the people that you're leading, they will then do it. Yeah. But if you just assign it to them and don't model those behaviors yourself, it, it fails, yeah. and we've got the data to prove it. So the key is is whoever is leading an organization or an entity, they own the, the responsibility of developing those people and their people. And, um, and as Microsoft is telling everybody, emotional intelligence is the third most important thing you need to bring to them. Yeah. And every day that goes by where that's not happening is a day that's lost. Yeah. Art DiLorenzo, again, CEO of uh, Maximize Your Talent. And, uh, you know, I want to continue the conversation. Unfortunately, we're out of time right now, Art. We're going to have you back. And uh, in the meantime, <clears throat> if this has piqued your interest, check out MaximizeYourTalent.com. MaximizeYourTalent.com. Art, really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, Bob. Nice to hear your voice again. You as Bye -bye. well. Thank you, Art. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Ryan Young, Senior Economist at the Competitive Enterprise Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now 
play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees, don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. Some great performances coming up, and you can find out more and get tickets by visiting the website gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Gulfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, I'm going to visit with Larry Bell, a Dowd professor at the University of Houston. Right now we have with us Ryan Young. He's a senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Ryan, could you tell us about the Competitive Enterprise Institute? Sure. CEI is a think tank based in Washington, and we focus on all things regulatory from energy to the environment to today. Um, what the economy in general has to say and how the regulatory climate is affecting that. Right, it's so interesting. So, uh, Ryan, uh, right now, the the market is kind of coming out of bear market territory. Looks like there's some signs, some leading indicators that the economy is improving, uh, which would be surprising because a lot of people were predicting a a, a, a tough landing for the economy. I'd just appreciate uh, your assessment and where we stand right now in in our economy, not only here in the United States, but around the world. Right now, I have a posture of guarded optimism. Um, we do have some tough obstacles coming up. Um, inflation is still high. Um, some uh, jobs reports that came out earlier this week mm-hmm. um, were not particularly encouraging. It looks like the labor market might be starting to slow down a little bit. Um, but in context, I think uh, this is, things are actually going quite well. Um, you think about what the economy's been through between a pandemic, um, the Federal Reserve's money supply uh, creation that led to almost double-digit inflation, the multi-trillion dollar spending binge from Washington that's going to have hangover effects for years to come, and the economy is still growing and unemployment is under 4%. Um, we might have some difficulties, but in the long run, at least, I'm actually optimistic. That is so interesting, Ryan. But I would say that Europe is perhaps, uh, there's reasons for pessimism there. They've had a downturn in their economy in the last quarter. Yeah, Europe has a has a tougher time than us, and that's partially their own fault, in part because of their regulatory climate. Um, for example, the U.S. has, depending on what measure you use, either five or seven of the world's top ten largest tech companies. Europe doesn't have a single one. The only tech company of note in Europe is Spotify. And then you talk to regulators about this, and they want it that way. They don't want large, dynamic companies. They want more of a, a cozy capitalism, which might have less disruption, a little less churn, uh, but the price of that is lower growth. And as a result of decades of that cozy capitalism style policy, um, living standards there are a third lower than here in the U.S. where growth tends to be faster, even if things are a little little, uh, more volatile. Well, thank you for that, Ryan. I mean, here in the United States, we saw... uh uh, inflation, we saw signs of a weakening economy, and it could lead to stagflation. Would you say that stagflation is out of the picture now? Yes, I thought that from the beginning. And the reason <clears throat> is that uh, heading into the pandemic, which caused all this, the economy was in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. There was no financial crisis. There was no housing bubble, no savings and loan crisis. And then once the Fed caused the inflation for the last year or so, they have, at least in my opinion, more or less been doing the right thing. They've been walking back their mistake, and they've been raising interest rates and doing the other things that they need to do to get inflation down. The public going to buy what they're, what they're selling here, uh, especially with Washington having no credibility when it comes to spending restraints. The Fed, in part, has to bankroll all that extra spending, which yeah. can cause inflation. So inflation expectations... Uh, are one reason why inflation is being a little bit stubborn and slow to come down. So, Ron, one of the things on the horizon is we're beginning to see some uh, vacancies in office buildings, you know, partly because of our change in culture and what happened during the pandemic. People, you know, decided to spend or 
uh, ended up spending less time in the office. But uh, is that going to be a real problem for the economy going forward, the, the, the failure of, of uh, loans and so forth in, in uh, commercial businesses? That depends in part on building codes. People can adapt when they're allowed to. If people aren't going to come back to those offices, the building owners can convert them to apartments or retail space. Ah. There are lots of possibilities, but only if building codes and regulators allow it. So that remains to be seen. That is so interesting. So there is a solution on if people are paying attention and able to do something about it. So um, right now, I mean, the tech companies laying off thousands of people last year, or you know, all cut. There was a real indicator, perhaps, that we're going to see a decline in our economy. But now things continue to chug along. In fact, I think the tech companies in, in the market, in uh, financially, have done quite well. Um, somewhat. They've also been laying off a lot of workers. Yeah. Um, but as we've seen for the last several months, including this week's job report, which wasn't as rosy as previous weeks, um, all those tens of thousands of layoffs in the big tech companies are being offset by job creation elsewhere, especially in small businesses. Um, about 90% of job creation uh, in the, over the last year has been in small businesses. And those have outweighed anything that's going on with the tech companies. So while one sector of the economy is slowing down a little bit in tech, you see other sectors that are improving and improving enough to more than offset what's going on. That so, is so interesting, Ryan. I mean, so in other words, we're seeing a revival of small businesses now because so many of them were pushed out of business during the pandemic. Yeah, part of that's the recovery effect. Things are just getting back to where they used to be. But part of it is, in fact, genuine growth, people becoming better off and coming up with new ideas and acting on them and creating new businesses to create value for people. Right. Uh, just changing the topic slightly, the Supreme Court seems to be a good friend of uh, free markets and private, private enterprise, seems to me, especially with this EPA ruling that they recently made. Any thoughts? Yes. Um, those are, that's more of a quiet revolution, but it could have massive effects. For a long time, courts have just gone along with anything regulatory agencies um, have wanted to do, and that's a part of an official doctrine called Chevron deference. Mm -hmm. A series of decisions have overturned that, so now we're actually going to have courts saying, no, you cannot do that when agencies or an administration goes too far. Um, again, that's a quiet change. That's a long-term change that's going to be underneath the surface. It's not going to make a whole lot of news, but in the coming years, that could be hugely important. Okay, well, thank you for that, Ryan. And uh, final question, uh, the settlement that the, the debt ceiling, uh, the, the House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, and the President reached, how do you assess that? Uh, I think it's a nothing burger, frankly. It's yeah. not going to change Congress's behavior. It's not going to change the administration's behavior. It might calm financial markets since they know there's not going to be uh, as much drama, at least for about two years or so. But long run, it's meaningless. So interesting. Ryan Young, again, senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Uh, the website, uh, Ryan? CEI.org. CEI.org. Check it out. Uh, Ryan Young, and again, the senior economist, Competitive Enterprise Institute, a good friend of controlling regulation and keeping it uh, <laughs> out of private business. Ryan, really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Larry Bell. He is an endowed professor at the University of Houston and uh, author of several books, uh, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design is his latest. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. 
Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the Intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. They get the politics and know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to develop winning strategies in Congress. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org, thefga.org. We have with us Professor Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston in space architecture. He's also an author. I've mentioned his book. Uh, his latest is Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. He also writes his column for Newsmax. It's called On Point. Professor, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, and thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure. And uh, yesterday the president was, I can't believe the hypocrisy of the lawfare that's going on. But your, your uh, latest column Hypocritical assaults on Trump will lead to his re-election, or will re-elect him. Maybe lead to a sainthood, quite frankly. What? What do you? Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I uh, wrote an article Wednesday that uh, that really hit that point. That I think that people see the unfairness, and I think they, with that, uh, we, we see his poll numbers really surging to some significant level, both against uh, Biden, but also against DeSantis. And, uh, I, and, and of course, there's a lot of factors that go into, into polls, and they're not particularly accurate. But uh, and, and they look at, uh, you know, job performance and the, whether they feel be- people feel better off and whether people uh, are confident about, I think, I think people don't think much about foreign policy is just too far away, but they do see inflation and starting to starting to recognize that there's a attack on energy systems and infrastructures is is not going to end well and so on. But uh, I also think that people care. They, you know, they want a leader who cares about the country, and uh, they saw that in Reagan. Uh, I think they, a lot of people see that in Trump. That he doesn't have to uh, make a lot of money selling you know, favors to foreign countries because he's got a lot of money. And I think that I think the contrast with Biden with with these attacks, where Biden is so terribly vulnerable, I think particularly with the House uh, Oversight Committee and Judicial Committees and so on, looking at uh, his his foreign deals, and they seem to be more and more of them are unraveling, that you know, hypocrisy is really the a big factor. And then with the indictment yesterday, which is which is just outrageous, uh, over holding of classified documents, and I think you really have to be blind not to see hypocrisy there with Biden's, uh, you know, they, raid, they raided Mar-a-Lago, and they, and Melania's wardrobe closet, and parents' bedroom looking for atomic secrets, but <laughs> there's, you know, there's there's no there there as far as, you know, Biden's you know, boxes of documents next to his Corvette in his garage that yeah. Hunter uses regularly and in uh, his home and in his Penn Biden Center and elsewhere. 
Chinatown and scan around. He said, uh, you know, it's just that I, I think that this, you know, a lot of people aren't paying attention, and certainly the media hasn't been, but I really think there's going to be a, a huge blowback beyond Trump. I think there's there's a realization that the justice system is totally corrupt. You know, I, and I, I agree with that. that. To me, it looks to me like they've developed a, <clears throat> a scheme of lawfare to attack Donald Trump. I mean, we've got uh, what's happened in New York and, and in a number of venues, and now this, and the president being uh, indicted for c criminal acts, just unbelievable. It, but it seems so tone deaf. I mean, are they not paying attention? They're not seeing the polls that you're seeing and, and citing right now? Because uh, nobody, I think the credibility of the FBI and the credibility of the Justice Department has declined precipitously in the last several months. Well, I think, it, I think uh, there are a lot of efforts that aren't particularly coordinated. And one, the one strategy they've used time and time and time again, it never ends, is to use, you know, the, to stir up uh, anger towards the, you know, the guy with their orange hair to deflect and detract away from the big problems they have. And, of course, we saw that with Hillary's emails, which started the whole... Mm -hmm. Delusion thing and 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 the cover-ups were all were all deflection from Hillary's problems and and that's been that's been the strategy throughout. Every time there's an issue, then then bring up Trump and create you know create some uh, an impeachment one, impeachment two, kangaroo court, capital hearings, uh, diamond for this and diamond for that. But in doing so, I think that they've They've, they've, uh, they've really discredited the, you know, the, you know, the justice system. Both Merrick Garland is re is really a joke, and uh, and the FBI is has been terribly um, embarrassed. Embarrassed is a is a weak word, but I know I know uh, my one of my closest friends is a former FBI agent and. I know how deeply they're, you know, they're affected by all this horrible, horrible publicity and recognizing the, you know, the weaponization of the seventh floor of headquarters, and and, and I just think that, uh, as you said, uh, that there's going to be a huge blowback not only for Trump, but I think for the radical Democrats. I think that I think their brand is being soiled. Along with Biden's underwear, and 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 it's not going to end well for them. No, it's not. And I mean, it, if you take a look at what's happened with Bud Light and with Target and with these other, you know, if 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 you have a brand, it's easy to destroy its credibility and to lose favor with the public. And uh, so, I, I hope they understand what they're doing because once 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 it's destroyed, once it's blemished, it's very hard to gain it back. Well, some of these uh, whistleblower accounts and and tracing back uh, some of these deals that were made when when Biden was was vice president, and apparently now with Ukraine, and more and more of these whistleblower accounts with bank records coming out. And of course, for the, you know for the last you know couple of years, the Democrats have controlled you know all the. Uh, in the you know, the committees in Congress, mm -hmm. and uh, that's ending. You know that's that's over, and uh, we've got uh, Adam Schiff out, and we've got these other clowns out, and 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 we've got a very very uh, aggressive people, you know, James you know, Comer and and <clears throat> others that are uh, really pursuing this stuff, and they've got and the whistleblowers are coming out more and more. And they're credible. Yeah. The FBI's problem with this recent report is that it's one of their trusted whistleblowers. It's, they can't discredit the source so much so that they're afraid that, you know, that exposing that individual would, would put his life in jeopardy. Yeah. So, so they can't, they can't discredit this anymore. And, and there's too many, uh, there's too many bank records and so on. And, and I think, you know, we've seen the stonewalling 
of Hunter's case in in Delaware court, and and uh, wondering, you know, what will they, will they give a slap on the wrist and so on? Yeah, is to be harder and harder and harder. Yeah, for them, you know, to to give to give Hunter a pass, and Hunter leads directly to the big guy. So no question. Again, uh, Professor Larry Bell, author of Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. One of several books, I think about a dozen books that he's written that are also interesting and good. And uh, also his column, On Point, uh, at uh, Newsmax.com. I hope you check it out. Professor, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. And Bob, thank you so much. My pleasure indeed. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests lined up for Monday, including Mark Schoen, the founder and publisher of HistoryCentral.com. We'll be talking about current global events. And Larry Reed, President Emeritus of the Foundation for Economic Education. Always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. And if you enjoy the show... Tell your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day and weekend on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>